0: And J's for the scholars All of that praise for the father Got me in the march for Paraka Push through with a passion like No mistake in his glory Get out your feelings, start acting right He can change the story That's true He can change the story I know he did it for me Last time I was weeping But his joy came in the morning I could never take his glory Jesus Christ, the only hero Nice, roll his credits quick They don't want to see my hero When I, I didn't, didn't have you. you If I didn't have you, Lord. If I didn't have you Oh, this music has a freshness to it, doesn't it? Kim Cash Tate, along with Speckhouse. It's called If I Didn't Have You on KAYT, KQJOFM. Coming up next at the top of the hour is Dr. Christopher Manuel and the Restoring Faith broadcast. You're going to hear part two of the sermon, Ultimate Deliverance. That's next. You're listening to KAYT, 88.1 FM, Gina Alexandria. FM, Monroe, West Monroe. 92.5 FM, Shreveport, Greenwood. 100.1 FM, Lake Charles. And KQJO, 99.3 FM, St. Joseph, Louisiana, Natchez, Mississippi. Praise the Lord, everybody. This is the Restoring Faith broadcast, and I am Dr. Christopher Manuel, pastor of the Smyrna, Maranatha, and Natchitoches First Seventh-day Adventist churches here in Alexandria and Natchitoches, Louisiana. We desire to present the gospel of Jesus Christ to a dying world in the final moments of Earth's history. And now, today's broadcast. Brothers and sisters, we're still talking about that ultimate deliverance. And there are still some questions jumping around in our mind about the coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Does the Bible give specific information regarding the nearness of Christ's second coming? The answer to that question is simple. Yes, it does. And Jesus himself said in Matthew 24 and verse 33, he says, when you see all these things, know that it is near near even at the doors. You see, the Lord placed signs all along the way from his ascension to his second coming, and they're listed right here. And I just want to talk about some of them and give you some information because you're going to need it as these last days, as these final moments of earth's history unfold. We're looking at the destruction of Jerusalem. That's number one. In Matthew 24 and verse 2 and verse 16, here's the prophecy. It says, not one stone, Jesus said this one, Not one stone shall be left upon another that shall not be thrown down. Let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Here it is. It was fulfilled in A.D. 70. Jerusalem was destroyed by the Roman warrior Titus. Great persecution and tribulation is coming. Matthew 24 and 21, look what Jesus said. Here's the prophecy. For then there will be a great tribulation, such as has not been since the beginning of the world. Look at this fulfillment, brothers and sisters. This prophecy points primarily to the long period of tribulation that took place during the Dark Ages and was instigated by the apostate church. It lasted more than a thousand years. Over 50 million Christians were slain for their faith in this terrible tribulation period. This is what one writer says about the apostate church. Uh, it has shed more innocent blood than any other institution that has ever existed among mankind. That's W.E.H. Lecky, History of the Rise and Influence of the Spirit of Rationalism in Europe. And that was reprinted in New York in 1955. My goodness, The sun is turned into darkness. The prophecy goes out to us in Matthew twenty-four and verse twenty-nine. It says, "Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened." Here comes the fulfillment. Get this: This was fulfilled by a day of supernatural darkness on May nineteenth, seventeen eighty. It was not an eclipse. Timothy Wright, excuse me, Timothy Dwight says this: The nineteenth of May, seventeen eighty was a remarkable dark day. Candles were lighting in many houses. The birds were sighted and disappeared, and the fowls retired to roost. A very general opinion prevailed that the Day of Judgment was at hand. That was quoted in Connecticut. Historical collections compiled by John Warner Barber. Look it up, brothers and sisters. The Dark Day, May 19, 1780. The moon turned into blood. Here's the prophecy, Joel, chapter 2 and verse 31. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. Here is its fulfillment. The moon became red as blood on the night of the dark day, May 19, 1780. Milo Bostic in his Stone's History of Massachusetts says, the moon was as its full and had the appearance of blood. The stars fall from heaven. The prophecy comes to us from Matthew 24 and verse 29, which says, The stars will fall from heaven. The fulfillment came on this day. The great star shower took place on the night of November 13th, 1833. It was so bright that the newspaper could be read on the street. One writer says it like this. For nearly four hours, the sky was literally ablaze. Men thought the end of the world had come. Look into this. It is most fascinating and a sign of Christ. My goodness. Another one of us that Jesus comes in the clouds. The prophecy, Matthew 24 and verse 30, then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the heavens, and then all the tribes of the earth shall mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Guess what about this prophecy? This is the next one to happen. Ask yourself a question. Are you ready for this one? (laughs) Let's go to some other things that we're dealing with right now as a nation. How may we know when we have reached the very last days of Earth's history? Does the Bible clearly describe the world and its people in the last generation? Yes, it does. Yes, indeed, it does. Look at some signs here that we get from God's Word that are happening in our day, and that, that signals the close of our history. Wars and commotions. Luke chapter 21 verse 9 says, But when you hear of wars and commotions or rumors of wars, don't be terrified, for these things must come to pass. You see, wars and ravages of civil distress are affecting thousands worldwide right now. Only Jesus' soon coming will bring an end to the pain and destruction of war, unrest and fear and upheaval. Yeah, that's the second one. In Luke 21 verse 25 and 26 talks about that. And there will be on the earth distress of nations with perplexity, men's heart failing them from the fear and expectation of those things which are coming on the earth. My goodness. You see, this sounds strangely like an editorial from a current newspaper, a perfect picture of the world today, isn't it not? And there is a reason. We are the people of the very last days of Earth's history. The tense atmosphere present in the world today should not surprise us, brothers and sisters. Christ already told us this stuff. It should not It should convince us that his coming is very near. We see now the increase of knowledge. Daniel chapter 12 and verse 4 tells us that. Until the time of the end, knowledge shall increase. Men are going to run to and fro and knowledge shall be increased. You see this information age, this one all too obvious. We got the new 5G up now. We get the latest phones where you can just, it used to be that you can, you know, try to map out. We got this new GPS system that we're working with. Oh, GPS is old. Oh, no, it's yeah, yes. It's it has been enhanced. They're using it now. You can you can check your blood pressure by using your phone. You can check your pulse by using your telephone. Even the most skeptical mind must admit that this sign is fulfilled. Knowledge is exploding in all direction. It is said that 80% of the world's total knowledge has been brought forth in the last decade and that 90% of all the scientists who have ever lived are still alive today. There's another sign. Scoffers and religious skeptics who turn away from biblical truth. Second Peter chapter 3, and verse 3. Second Timothy chapter 4 and verse 3 and 4 says, Scoffers will come in the last days. They will not endure sound doctrine. They will turn to their ears, turn their ears away from truth and turn aside to fables. You know, brothers and sisters, it's not difficult to find scoffers today in fulfillment of this prophecy. Even religious leaders are denying the plain Bible teachings of creation. Uh-oh, evolution. There it is. Yeah, they believe in evolution instead of creation. Mm-hmm. The flood, they don't want to believe in that no more. They don't want to believe in the divinity of Christ, the second coming of Christ, and many other vital truths. Psychiatry and the traditions of pseudo intellectuals have replaced the Bible in many religious circles. Secular educators teach our children to scoff at the Bible record of these great truths and substitute evolution and other man made false teachings. For plain, simple, thus saith the Lord. A recent poll was discovered that only 2% of our American student ministers believe the literal second coming of Jesus. <laughs> you see why we have issues in our nation? You see we have issues in our government? You see why we have issues in our states? You see why we have issues in our cities? You see why we have issues in our community and our streets? It's because we turn away from the plain old thus saith the Lord. Another sign is moral degeneracy and the decline of spirituality. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 5 says, In the last days men will be lovers of themselves, unloving, without self-control, despisers of those that are good, having a form of godliness, but what they're doing? Denying the power thereof. America is in the midst of a tremendous crisis right now. million people have been infected, by, and, and the cases are continuing to rise with this pandemic called the coronavirus. People from all walks of life are saying so. Suicide is becoming a popular solution to human problems. Divorce rates are climbing wildly, with nearly one marriage and two ending in divorce court. The current immorality generation, the immoral generation, with its obsession with sex and filth, with its increasing church membership, but decreasing true spirituality. It's plain and positive fulfillment of God's word for a real shock. We see how many of the last day sins listed you have to go back and do your homework and read Second Timothy chapter three verse one through five, and you can find depicted in any of those. In your Sunday newspaper, or on the internet, or wherever your news that you get on the internet from your phone, nothing short of the coming of the Lord will stem the tide of evil that is now engulfing the world. Another sign is the craze for pleasure. Oh, we want to do everything our way. We want to, it's me, mine, mine. It's those three people: me, myself, and I. Second Timothy chapter three verse one through four is talking about the craze of pleasure in the last days. Men will be lovers of pleasure. More than lovers of God. The world has gone crazy for pleasure. Only a small percentage of citizens today of the large cities attend church services. You know, we can't go to church now because, you know, we can't go because, you know, we got this stuff in the air. Large cities. People can't go to church now, but they jam pleasure resorts. we still trying to go on cruises. America's spending billions of dollars each year for pleasure for only peanuts in comparison to do for God. Pleasure-mad Americans waste billions of hours in front of the television set in direct fulfillment of 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 4. I was reading a book called Creeping Compromise, and the author is Joe Cruz. He says that the child under age 4 watches at least 56 hours of television a week because we make television of God to our children, and we expecting God to do great things, but our children are more glued to our Telephones and our iPads and our tablets than they are us sitting down teaching them the word of God as such.